Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Tonight, you can email us at 
J Ficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J T H I C K L I N at soulofamericaradio.com. Or you could very well, if you like to tonight, you could also always join us here live on the show. And those of you that may be listening tonight for the very first time, I thank you for your participation and I thank you for being a part of this broadcast. This is how we work here. It's been almost one year now since we uh, launched this uh, program, thanks to the president and the founder of the Soul of America Radio, Mr. Tony Stallings, and why I have that uh, party, and I want to say happy belated. I did wish him happy birthday, but happy belated birthday to the president and founder of uh, the Soul of America uh, Radio Network, Mr. Tony Stallings, who celebrated her birthday over the weekend. And I'm just so excited today. You say, how do you get excited when you're talking about something that oftentimes uh, is filled with so much trauma and filled with so much uh, controversy and so much atrocities and, and pain and hurt. I'm excited because I believe that if we raise the level of information and education that we can make a difference, that somebody today is in a unique position today to make a difference. Someone is listening to this information for the first time. It's interesting that even on this evening, uh, shortly before uh, we went on the air, I actually was at a place of a I was at a place where uh beginning of a worship service actually and before it started I saw some people that I had not literally uh laid eyes on in over twenty maybe twenty three years and it was great seeing them but there was another person with them and when they began to ask where are you now and what are you doing? I used to hear you on the radio station here, I used to hear you do this program and that program. It was interesting that when I began to tell them about the work their course I've been doing nearly twenty years now is to work inside of domestic violence. The young lady that was with them said, wow, that's why God sent me here today. She said, because two weeks ago, my husband wanted to give me a death trip out of here because he tried to kill me in the, in the matter of domestic violence. People, this is why this is so important. This is why we cannot afford to remain silent, because we never know who is it that we are encountering, who is it that our paths will cross that needs a word from us, that needs a hope, they need information, they need enlightenment, they need to hear from you. And that's why I say to each and every one of you, as I thank you every week for being a loyal listener, it is even more so important that you recognize the power that you have, the power of making a difference, the power of speaking up and not allowing silence to cripple you, but rather to speak up and to speak out, knowing that we all can make a difference when we're willing to go that extra step of the way. And that's what it's all about today. Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you can reach us if you're calling in and you're listening and you desire to have a question or comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad and that will let our producer know that you want to get on the air and you have a question or comment and we'll get you on the air tonight. But there's so much to talk about tonight and I just want to make sure I do this before we get too far in the show. I want those of you that may be following me or would like to follow me on Facebook, there's a few ways to follow me on Facebook. You can find me at J J A Y. Ficklin at on, on uh, Facebook, but you can also find a very special page that we have that is called Domestic Violence. It is your business. Uh, go ahead and join that page there on uh, Facebook. And then we have another page that is very much the opposite. It's very enlightening. It's a page that is uh, designed with you in mind to encourage, to uh, to uplift, to share words of encouragement and praise and strength and prayers. And that is the Destiny by Choice fellowship page. That's Destiny by Choice, the Roman numeral two uh, fellowship page. 
that is a page that you can get to, and that page there will not only uh, bring healing and enlightenment to you, but I think you'll find a dose of inspiration and a dose and a dose of awakening every time that you visit that page. And I'm thankful today for Indy Harlem, who does a great job of ministrating uh, these pages for us, and we're so very happy uh, to have her aboard and making this happen. Well, tonight I'm excited in many ways because of the fact of the subject matter. Tonight we want to address a few things. We want to talk about the correlation between children exposed to domestic violence and bullying. The correlation between children exposed to domestic violence and bullying as well as we'd like to address tonight the issue of uh, the impact of domestic violence on education. The impact of domestic violence on education. Many of you that are listening tonight, perhaps you're in you're in the field of education. Perhaps you're an educator. You're a counselor. You're a Sunday school teacher, a youth director, a youth pastor at your church. You're involved with children on many different levels. And today, one of the most hot topics and one of the most severe issues that we have in our school system today is the issue of bullying. And not just in our school system, as in uh, as in the uh, K through 12 system, but we see it even as as uh, individuals go off to college. More and more we're hearing the tragedy of individuals who have taken their lives because they have succumbed to the pressure of bullying, being bullied by classmates, being bullied by those that they share a circle with. And you wonder, where does this come from? This is a very interesting discussion because many of us can say that bullying have always existed, even from the time that we can remember. But I dare to say to you that bullying has taken on a different face today. We're living in a society that is less empathetic. We're definitely living in a society that is definitely callous when it comes to feelings and regards to one another's well-being. It is the reason why today that there are phenomenons, even on the Internet, uh, uh, that, that promotes violence, that promotes these type of things, that literally, rather than breaking up a fight, people will sit there and video the fight, regardless of how ruthless or how dangerous it gets. It's because we are now fascinated in a culture of violence. There are so many that have become fascinated in a culture of violence. Listen. I'm not going to spend the next hour and a half uh, playing the blame game. That's not how I roll. That's not what we're going to do tonight. We're not going to play the blame game, but we are going to look at certain trends. We are going to look at certain things that have definitely have evolved over a period of time. And as we have seen, the face of bullying looks a lot different. We've gone beyond just a simple name calling. We've gone beyond those type things to the fact that we're going to threats. We've gone to stalking. We've gone to the point of the matter that we how that we learn to stalk and harass each other in many ways. We've gone to the juggler vein, so to speak. We now are finding children that will do ruthless things and atrocious things in the name of bullying. But I've got news for you. Where did it come from? Who started it? What happened that these individuals now uh, tend to result to the issue of bullying rather than the fact of trying to find peace? Those are the questions that we look to answer tonight. And guess what? Tonight, we don't have any special guests lined up, but as always, you are our guests on tonight. And we invite you to be a part of what is happening even right now because we're seeing it happen in so many ways. Every person that is bullied may not necessarily react the same way. We have a crisis today in our public schools, and I would dare to say even in some of our private schools, where 
bullying has gotten out of control, where we're seeing bullying, the disregard for one another's feeling. It's the act of intimidation. It is the act of using force of intimidation. And oftentimes that bullying reaches another level because of the fact of the intervention of others, meaning the fact that it's not just one-on-one. It's not just one person bullying the other. Now we're living in a time where we're seeing groups of children that are bullying just one person, and we continue to see it happen and seemingly too often that it falls on deaf ears. Well, to every one of you that are listening tonight to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, you and I have a responsibility. We have a responsibility not only to eradicate this issue, but we have a responsibility today to raise awareness about this. This has become a social epidemic. This has become something that you and I can least afford to allow to happen. We must stand up because our silence only confirms the violence. Our silence and standing on the wayside literally give life and give permission for this to continue to happen. I want you to know tonight that you're part of the solution. Will you join me tonight? Join me inside of this very, very insightful discussion because it is critical that we recognize. It is absolutely critical that we recognize our part inside of this. These children did not wake up one morning and just decide that they would be bullying. They did not just wake up one day, get up out of bed, and say, I think I will bully someone else. I promise you that bullying, we have now finding there's a great correlation between children that are exposed to and witness domestic violence and bullying. One might say, well, how does that come about? Understand something. Children do learn what they live, and they do live, live what they learn. And when they're exposed to certain things, they internalize the things they're, they're exposed to. Understand that when they're seeing the act of control, and that's exactly what domestic violence is, it is about power control, it's, it is intimidation, it's all of those things that makes this up. And when we see those things happening, such as this, children internalize it. How do they see conflict settle? Well, oftentimes they see conflict settle between the, by acts of threats, threatening, threatening to harm, threatening to hurt, actions of manipulation, actions of undermining. These are things that happen too long, and this happened too often. And as a result, we see children learn to do what they see work. They see it work at home. They see it work when we're doing it to one another. And therefore, as a result of it, beloved, they are now trying this themselves. And they're trying it. And understand, they don't have the same set of uh, experiences as you and I do. It is the same thing with a young parent. You've got to understand, they don't have the life experience necessarily to balance, to know when enough is enough, to know when to back off, to know that when it's gone too far. And as a result, many children are suffering at the hand of it, children that are refusing to go back to school because they're being bullied, children that are refusing to participate inside of activities because they are being bullied. We have a responsibility as a community. We have a responsibility as a society to address this issue of domestic violence. Area code 323-784-9638. That is the number to reach us where our lines are totally open to you tonight. If you have a question or comment you'd like to make, simply hit number one on your keypad, and we'll be sure to get you in. You're listening to J.R. Ficklin, and this is Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We'll see you right on the other side of this break.
you listening to us right now via the internet, you should see some advertisements around your screen. Please click on one of them because you support us every time you click on an ad. Thank you.
And it goes back to something very simple, beloved. Where are they learning this from? Children learn what they live. I said earlier, and children live what they learn. And we have to be very, very uh, candid about it and have a very uh, candid conversation about this situation. What are we doing about it? Are we allowing this to be status quo? Because we have a responsibility. When children are exposed to violence, they learn violence. When they're exposed to these type things, they learn that this is the route to go. When they are exposed to this type of violence, oftentimes they begin to adopt this as a way, a way of handling situations, the way of getting their way, manipulation and control. These are the same things that we see uh, happening with the perpetrator of domestic violence because, in fact, it knows no limits. It knows none whatsoever. And so, therefore, we have to take that extra step. We must be willing to go the next step of the way. We must be willing to have a conversation. We must be willing to uh, definitely uh, stand up and be counted because our most vulnerable citizens are listening to us. What happens when we think it's really just between us? What happens when an adult thinks that inside of their abusive relationship or their bad relationship that this is only affecting the two of them? Well, the reality is that it's not just affecting the two of them. People, it's affecting the children. They're being affected by what they see. They're being affected by what they hear. They're being affected by the things that are happening around them. They're judging themselves. They're internalizing so much that is going on. And you and I have a responsibility, and I'm going to say it again. We have a responsibility to make a difference. We have a responsibility to stand up for the most innocent of those. Now, perhaps you're saying, well, Pastor Kent stand up. I'm in, I'm in an abusive relationship. I don't know what to do. And I say to you today that you've got to go another step. You've got to be willing to go another step. You've got to be willing to not only stand up, but you've got to be willing to reach out because there are things that are happening around you that directly affect everyone around you. So I challenge you on today to not only stand up but to speak out. I challenge you on today to be a part of the solution. I challenge you on today to think about it for every one, every one of you that may be associated with children in the school system or whatever, you've seen it. And perhaps you never thought about why is it that this child acts out. Perhaps you never thought about why is it that this child seems to be a troubled child. Why is it that this happens? Well, could it be that this kid has been exposed to domestic violence? Could it be the fact that this kid is returning home every day? to a home that is filled not with so much love, but filled with the drama of abuse, uh, the, uh, filled with profanity, uh, profanity and, uh, and, and uh, very much vulgar-lading words and threats and those type of manipulation. Could it be that this kid here, only refuge from this type of foolishness, is school, but because of the fact we don't know what to do with them? Oftentimes we end up re-victimizing them again because we're only concerned about the most immediate moment. Our challenge today is the fact when we look beyond the most immediate moment and understand that these kids and their destinies is being impacted. Therefore, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to stand up. We have a responsibility to speak out. We have a responsibility to uh, to speak those things that we should be speaking so that this epidemic of the mass violence will end, and therefore all the things that spin from it and uh, spin off from it will be eliminated. We had a uh, former state attorney in this area of Florida, Palm Beach County, Florida, uh, uh, that said these words. 
his term was very simple. He said domestic violence is the single greatest vehicle that fuels our criminal justice system. This is what he said to us, and I believe so, because when we look at the impact of children, uh, uh, education, and school, because they have been exposed to domestic violence, it reaches far beyond just the individuals there. It reaches into the very crevices of time. In other words, there are people that are so affected by this issue here that literally that it never stops. And you can't look at a person's face and say, well, they're a victim or they're not. You can't look at a person there and just determine that whether or not they're okay or not. It is something that we must be willing to take the next step about. It is something that we must be willing not only to speak up about but to speak out about. It is something that we must be willing to go the uh, go the extra mile because, in fact, lives are at stake. Children lives are at stake. Join me in this conversation tonight, Eric O three two three. 784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. That's how you can reach us today. If you desire to have a question and or comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad. Then let our producer know that you desire to have a comment or question, and we'll like to get uh, definitely get you on the airway. Those of you that may be listening by way of the Internet, and perhaps you have a question or comment, and you just simply like to get it to us, email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J T H I C K. L-I-N, at soulofamericaradio.com, and that's how you can reach us today. We'll be so very glad to have you on even now. Uh, just hit the number one on your keypad. We'll make sure that we get you up on the air tonight. We are excited for this reason here, that we recognize that the more we speak up and we speak out, we are possibly saving another life. The more that we speak up and speak out, we are really being a lifeline to those who may feel trapped who may feel overwhelmed, who may feel like the walls are closing in on them. That is why I'm telling you, you are an intricate part of making a difference inside of the issue of domestic violence. And I challenge you, I challenge you to speak up and to speak out, because as you speak up and speak out, someone is being liberated because of your obedience. Someone is being liberated because you refuse to remain silent. Someone is being liberated because of the fact that you refuse to take no for an answer. Have you ever thought about it? That child that you oftentimes see playing, and you wonder what seems to be so different about them. What is it that's going on? Could it be that you are one of the very few pleasant voices that they hear? Could it be that you're one of the very few individuals that take the opportunity to listen to them? Because when children are exposed to domestic violence, it's no picnic. It's a place of feeling trapped, isolated. It's a place of feeling rejected. It's a place of feeling abandoned. And for that, each and every one of us have a responsibility to change it. We can change it if we're willing to change. And that is what this is all about tonight. Eric code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. Eric code 323-784-9638. If you'd like to... Uh, Join us uh, as far as on the broadcast with a question or comment. Simply hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll make sure that we get you in on tonight. Your opinion is very important. Somebody tonight needs to hear from you because you make a difference inside of all that you do. You make a difference inside of your opinion. I often say this. Have you ever wondered why is it that people gravitate to you? Why is it that people confine you? Why is it the fact that people come to you? 
Could it be the fact that literally you have on your life what we call a, 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 a spirit of counsel? And so people are coming to you. People are in desperate situations because of the fact they're in abusive situations, and they can't talk to everyone. So count yourself a blessing that they're able to talk to you. So as we talk about our most vulnerable citizen, children, children, the correlation of them being exposed to domestic violence and bullying, and not only that, the impact of domestic violence on education. Have you looked at the American Psychological Association? Have you looked at their findings that talk about 80% of the prison population, 80% of them admit to coming from an abusive home? A great percentage of those admit to not having fathers in the home. So that means that there's been a revolving door inside of their lives. How do we break the cycle? Are we willing to stand up and speak out? Are we willing to do what it takes in order to bring about a new day and a new dawning? That is what this is all about. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you reach us here. You're listening to Hope and Healing, our journey to wholeness. And I'm your host, J.R. Thicklet, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight. And I want you tonight, especially if you're listening tonight, perhaps you work with children, you're an educator, perhaps you work in the school system in one way or another. You, I want you to be a part of this because of the fact you can shed some insight on it. Children do live what they learn. They learn where they live, and as they go through these things, we have to understand that we are many times the only lifeline that they have. And I'm saying to you that you and I cannot afford to be silent. We cannot afford to uh, uh, act as if nothing has occurred. We have a fundamental responsibility. We have a responsibility to our children. We have a responsibility to make sure that they understand that violence is not the way. That they understand bullying is not the not the way, and yet and still we see so many things. Someone asked a question on the other day: What do we do in a time where children are exposed to so much violence? What do we do in a time when everywhere they look, there's violence going on? The games that they get, whether tour or duty or whatever those games may be, those things are very dangerous in many ways. So we have a responsibility because some of our most youngest children, our most vulnerable children, are being exposed to violence. And as a result, they they internalize violence, and oftentimes they act out of that same violence that they see. And so I hear parents saying oftentimes, well, I raised them better than that. Well, I'm going to say something to you today, beloved. We've got to understand that we have a greater responsibility today than we've ever had in the history of our country. We have a greater responsibility than we've ever had before because, in fact, it's no longer that we're com- uh, no longer are we just competing with our children not listening. We're competing with our children being influenced by other influences. And so this is very important inside of everything that we do. We have a responsibility to make a difference. And I want to hear from you today. There are many of you that are out there, you're educators. There are many of you that are out there that you're working in the system. You see it. And if you've been in the system any period of time, you're seeing more aggression from our children than you've ever seen before. And I tell you that a lot of it is in part because there's a culture of violence that did not start across the seas. There's a culture of violence that did not start on foreign territory. There's a culture of violence that has started right in the very home uh, of our children. So when they experience things like post-traumatic stress disorder, when they're experiencing things of that nature, then we recognize the fact that they are acting out. They're acting out. I'm not trying to play the blame game, and neither am I trying to give them a free pass. But what I am saying is that we must examine it at its root, because that's what's most important. 
You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us on today. Now, listen, right on the other side of this break, I'd like to hear from you. If you're calling in at area code 323-784-9638, simply hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to come on the air, and we'll get you on the air with your question and or your comment. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'll see you on the other side of this break. Been healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin returns after this. Want to get in on the conversation? Call J at 323 784 9638. Radio and its staff and family encourage you to please let someone know if you're going through a domestic violence situation. If you know someone that's going through a domestic violence situation, please don't stand by and let it just happen. We simply cannot afford to tolerate this any longer. Call 800-799-7233, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233. It is your business. You can also connect with J.R. Thicklin at his Facebook group, which is Domestic Violence. It is your business. Check it out. Above life. Above your circumstances. You can soar. This is the one and only soar. And now, here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. And welcome back to Open Healing, a journey to hold us. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. Just on the other side of the break, we were talking about uh, the issue, and this has been the focus so far of the show tonight, is the correlation between children exposed to domestic violence and bullying, the correlation between children being exposed to domestic violence and bullying. And one of the things that we did point out, and uh, we've invited those of you that would call in, whether you're 
an educator, your youth worker, or your daycare, if you work in the daycare system, Head Start system, whether you are a youth pastor, uh, any capacity of working with children, undoubtedly you have seen uh, more than your share in this day and time. You have seen so much go on. You have seen children being more aggressive than ever before. We're witnessing an all-time high of that, and we're seeing children act out in a way that we've never seen them act out before. So I say to you today that even as we are uh, dealing with this subject matter here, we recognize that we have a long way to go. And when you're seeing this happening, listen, it is not only just a sign of time. It is a, it is a reflection of so much that has happened in our society at every code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight, that is how you reach us. Hit the number one on your keypad if you like to be uh, a guest, if you like to ask a question or have a comment. We're so very uh, uh, fortunate to have you, and we're so glad to have you on the on the air. You know, one of my favorite uh, poems I read, and I've been somewhat uh, talking about it tonight, is by uh, Dorothy Law Note, uh, PhD, and she wrote a piece talking about children learn what they live. And she says it like this. She says, if children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with fear, they learn to be apprehensive. If children live with pity, they learn to feel sorry for themselves. If children live with ridicule, they learn to feel shy. She said, if children live with jealousy, they learn to feel envy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. Then she says, if children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If they live with tolerance, they learn patience. If children live with praise, they learn appreciation. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. If children live with recognition, they learn it is good to have a goal. If children live with sharing, they learn generosity. If children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with fairness, they learn justice. If children live with kindness and consideration, they learn respect. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and in those about them. If children live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. What a powerful piece there that was penned some years ago in the 70s by Dorothy Law Note. And I say to you today, it sums up so much because these issues did not just start overnight. They did not appear from out of nowhere. They have come because, of fact, if you would, to be quite frankly, a period of time where children are being exposed to things that they shouldn't be exposed to. Children witnessing and being exposed to violence. Let me raise it to another level. For every adult that may be in a relationship of any sort, and violence is going on, domestic violence, and there are children that are present, there are children involved, let me cut through the chase. They are being impacted. They are being affected. You may not recognize or understand to what capacity as of right now, but let me assure you, my friend, that they are being impacted by being exposed to it. Too much have come out. Research shows the correlation between children being exposed and witnessing domestic violence and how that is so tied into the, to aggression and bullying, the manipulation, the control, the same gratification that a, that a perpetrator gets out of it, so does the bully. Think about it. Listen. When there's a couple that are in a relationship and this is happening, it seems to be isolated within their own uh, confinement. But the reality is that it's not isolated because the fact that there are children that are exposed to it, they're affected by it, and as they reach out and as they go about their way, they're being impacted by the same thing. So listen very carefully. As I say to you tonight, we have a responsibility tonight. We have a responsibility to speak up. We have a responsibility to speak out, and we have a responsibility to do better. 
It's quite simple. Our children are being impacted on every hand. So I've invited you tonight. If you're there tonight, area code 323-784-9638, that's how you reach us. If you are working in the education system, whether it's Head Start, high school, middle school, kindergarten, a college or whatever, I would love your opinion tonight on that. Simply hit the number one on your keypad. Number one on your keypad. That will let our producer know that you want to be on the air and you have a question or comment to share. We'd love to have you tonight. Simply hit the number one because you add substance to this. I know that you're seeing more and more aggression in the school like never before. I'm seeing it too often, folks. Teachers are spending majority of their time now being disciplinarians. They're spending most of their time either sending children to the office because of behavior, and these things are happening. Folks, these children didn't just go poof out of anywhere. They're coming from homes. They're coming from homes that oftentimes may look good on the outside. But the reality is that there is trauma and there's drama that's going on the inside and it's impacting our children. And I'm here to say it doesn't matter what neighborhood they come from. Oh, it doesn't matter. The rich, the poor, the in-between, they're being impacted by this. We have a moral responsibility as a society and as a people to stand up and speak out. Caller, are you there? Area code 323-784-9638. That's the number to reach us. So many of you are there. You're listening. I see you there on the board. I know that you're listening by way of Internet from coast to coast, all over the country. There are people that are listening now. And all I'm asking that even right now, tonight, perhaps you're listening and you're on the airway. You're witnessing that. You're in the education field. As small as small kids, we're seeing the aggression and we're seeing kids act out. Children being bullied, children being picked on, children being laughed at, children being told they're napping. All of these things are happening right up under our very noses, and we're seeing it happen to the degree of what we've seen happen most recently. And we've seen it repeat itself more and more where children are literally, are literally uh, bullying one another. We know that domestic violence affects every member of the family, including the children, and, and because of this, this creates a home environment where children live in a constant fear. And these things are oftentimes internalized, and we see it happening. Children who witness uh, domestic violence are affected in ways very similar to children who are physically abused themselves. Oftentimes, they're, not un- they're unable to establish nurturing bonds with, with either parent. Children are at a greater risk for abuse and neglect because they live in a violent home. People, so many times when we see all this information about domestic violence, people get tired of it. But let me say something to you. Nearly 15.5 million U.S. children live in families in which their uh, uh, violence has occurred there at least once in the past year. Seven million children live in where there's severe part of violence. So they're seeing the most, uh, they're seeing the most dangerous and most uh, traumatizing situation. And you think this is worth You think this is not worth talking about, that this is not worth raising the issue about? People, we have to do so. And I promise and I pledge that my life is dedicated to being a voice to eradicate this type of uh, situation, eradicate this experience. What we understand, and this is what research shows us, that children are generally residents of households experiencing intimate uh, partner violence, and 43% of the incident, 43% of the time, the children are witnessing this, involving mostly female victims, although there are male victims there that this is occurring to. And here's the thing about it. One of the things that oftentimes, and I've seen this as I've testified in court as an expert witness, I've seen this happen, and I hear so many times the perpetrator says, guess what? 
We don't do the violence around the kids. If they were small, they didn't see it. They're not aware of it. And yet it's still, what does research say to us? That 80 to 90% of children living in homes where there's domestic violence are aware of the violence. So I'm saying to you, we have a responsibility. We have a moral responsibility. We have a responsibility to our children. We have a responsibility to ourselves. We have a responsibility to our society. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. That's how you get on the air with us today. Simply hit the number one on your keypad. If you desire to have a question and a comment, hit the number one. Perhaps you know of someone, even now, you've seen it happen, not knowing what to do. You're seeing them act out, and they act out in many different ways. That is what this is about today. Where are my educators tonight? I know you're listening. Where are those of you that are dealing with children? Where are just a concerned parent? Your input tonight. What do you think? What is it that we must do to stop this type of violence? I would love to hear your input tonight because this is affecting even our children's ability to learn. The impact on education. We live in a day and time where there's so much standardized testing going on, and rightfully so. I'm not against that at all. But could you imagine here's a child who's expected to perform at optimum level, and yet it's still they're leaving home every morning from virtually and what almost is a war zone. What do you do with that? What do you do with that kid who's been impacted at that magnitude? What do you do with that? How do you expect them to perform when they're dealing with all these things in their mind? For someone, that question is turned inside. And it's turned inside because of the fact you need to make a decision. It's a decision that you need to make because, you know what, truly you might be afraid. You might be afraid to get out. You might not know what to do. But I'm saying to you that your children, your child is being impacted by the very things that we're talking about right now. Your child is being impacted by this. What will you do? Will you continue to talk? Will you continue to best hide in fear? Will you reach out? We've given out the we have given out the uh, national hotline number on several occasions. Why? Because of the fact it is so important for us that you know that there is a way out. That you know that there is a way out, and you've got to find that way. We're here for you. We'll make the connections. We'll help you make those next steps. But you've got to be willing to do so because your very life may depend on it. A child's life may depend on it. Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's the number to reach us. That's the number. Listen, right on the other side of the break, we're going to have uh, some of our callers. Simply hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to have a question or comment, and we'll get you right on the airway. This is Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. You're listening to J.R. Thicklin, and right on the other side of the break, we're taking your call. Hit number one on your keypad, and we'll take your call right after this. Right here, one and only 
Soul of America Radio. We'll be right back. This is the one and only Soul. New programming coming up on the Soul of America Radio. Go to soulofamericaradio.com for more information. Hello, this is Tony Starnes, founder and CEO of the Soul of America Radio. I wanted to take this time to thank you for your patience as we went through a period of time where we did not broadcast for probably about a month. We had some technical issues that we have since worked out, and now we are ready to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. Tonight's program is J.R. Ziegler, who brings you Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We have more programming coming up, brand new shows, I promise you that, but you stay tuned right here on the Soul of America Radio. And thank you for all of the wonderful correspondence through cards, emails, and everything else we received, saying that you want us back. We are back. This is the one and only Soar. And now here's your host, J.R. Sigler. very glad that you join us on this very important program tonight. We've been talking about tonight the correlation between children being exposed to domestic violence and bullying, as well as the impact of domestic violence on education. We've talked about the fact that we're not only are we seeing aggression, but we're seeing kids actually internalize some of the very tactics and the very things that they've seen uh, from their parents and those uh, that are their caregivers. And so, therefore, domestic violence is not something that is really a private issue at all. It's a societal issue. It affects everything. It affects the way that kid sees themselves. It, it affects the way that they see life. It oftentimes affects their own self-worth and their own value. The questions that continuously go through their mind, wondering why, why does it happen, why, does it continue, why do you continue to do that, why do you stay in it, why do you endure it, is it me, and why am I the problem, what's going on? There are so many things that happen, the shame and the embarrassment oftentimes the kids feel. And so as a result of it, a lot of time, you know, hurting people will hurt people. And we see it happen, and it plays out inside of our bullying, inside of schools, inside of activities. And as a result of that, we have uh, many things that are happening inside of our education system that is really being directly impacted by, the, by domestic violence. And uh, I've invited so many of you that may be listening and those of you that may be listening, if you're an educator or work within the education system or you are uh, in any form of working with, with youth at all, 
I invite your opinion, I invite your comments tonight because of the fact uh, perhaps you've seen a first-hand view of things that you consider very aggressive behavior. Uh, you've seen bullying act out. You've seen those things happen. I'm not asking you to give names or name of individuals, even name of schools. I simply want you to be able to share with our worldwide audience about your experience and about this fact. Uh, the fact, are you seeing an uh, increase in the aggression of children and you're seeing more and more bullying happening? Uh, Eric code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. Eric code 323-784-9638. If you're already listening and desire to have a question or comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad, and that will let our producer know that you desire to have a question and or comment, and we'll get you right on the airway because I know that what you have to share is very important inside of the whole scheme of things because this issue is impacting us more than what we care to even see, that we even care to admit. So we're seeing it played out. We're seeing it played out across the board. We're seeing, you know, we know the number one predictor of um, child abuse is domestic violence. So when we look at the thing for uh, children, how they're how they are acting out, we're seeing it in so many ways, and this may sound familiar to you, some of the dynamics of, of the domestic violence and impact. Uh, emotional, they feel grief for their family and personal losses. I talked about the fact of, of, of shame and guilt and self-blame, confusion about conflict and feelings toward parents. You ever thought about what happened with a child when they're seeing, uh, you know, uh, say their father, who they love dearly, uh, that is abusing their mother, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, even sexually. The confusion about the kid now because of the fact there's conflicting feelings about how they feel now toward the parent. I love my dad. I love my mom, but I don't understand why this happened to to my mom. I don't understand why does this happen. And so oftentimes the confusion comes also because of the fact trying to understand, well, why does he do that and why does mom stay? All these are things that children go through. They begin to feel very unsafe, fear of abandonment, expressing emotion, uh, the fear of the unknown, and, and, and oftentimes fear of personal injury. And then some of the things that we see played out, that we see it played out in an external way, is that they begin to be angry. We see them with a, see them with a deep-seated anger. We see them angry, and, and their disposition is always one of anger. And then there's depressions and feelings of helplessness and powerlessness powerlessness, embarrassment, all of those things are things that we're seeing happening with our children as a result of what? As a result, if you would, of being exposed to the issue of domestic violence, bullying uh, happens. We see that they learn that this is what works, intimidation, wearing each other down, wearing them down, uh, picking at them, making sure the fact that uh, they know that, uh, you know that you are going to bother them. And so all these things are very important today, and when we look at this, we all have a responsibility because we, we not only talk about emotional, but we talk about the fact of behavior. What do we see in children that are, that are being uh, exposed to this? When we start seeing them acting out or withdrawing, when we see one extreme or the, or the other, where they very, become very aggressive or they become very passive, what happens when now children are refusing to go to school as a result of these things? Embarrassment, their caretaking. Then they start acting as a parent substitute. Many of them take on that role there. Now they want to act like they're the ones in charge with their younger sibling. Or we see things like this. Children start lying to avoid confrontation. Then they start having very rigid defenses inside of what they do. And we see this, and I want you tonight, and perhaps you that are listening tonight, they're uh, in that uh, arena of dealing with children education-wise in the school system, in Sunday school, in church, 
uh, whatever, and daycare, all those things. Perhaps you're seeing this even more when we begin to see them have rigid defenses or they start lying to avoid confrontation or excessive attention-seeking. Now their attentions uh, have an excessive attention-seeking. They want all the attention on them. But in a more more profound way, so when we begin to see children that are bedwetting, they start regressing and having nightmares, out-of-control behavior, seemingly reduced intellectual competency. Man, all this stuff happened. And for those of you that would minimize it, you, you're you literally saying, well, all this happened over just a little spat. No, it's beyond a spat. It's about an environment that has been created that directly impacts those children from witnessing it. So we see out-of-control behavior. We see manipulation, dependency, crazy mood swings that happen as a result of this. And so I say to you, what is it that we must do? We all have a responsibility. We have a responsibility as people. We have a responsibility as a society. Air code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us today. If you'd like to be on the air, you'd like to have your question answered, like to ask a question or have a comment, just simply hit the number one on your keypad, and that will let our producer know that you desire to have a comment or question, and we'll get you right on the airway tonight because this is a very critical juncture. Just last week, they buried a young girl because of the fact she killed herself after being bullied continuously in school. And she went to the administration for help and to no avail because it continued to happen. Are the consequences severe enough in school for children that are bullying? Do the children really know what they're doing? There are so many things that we have to look at, and we have a responsibility to do so, and that's what we're exposing tonight right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Those of you that are listening and that are hanging on and listening right now, you desire to have a question or comment, I am going to go to our mailbox right now and see if there's a question from one of our uh, listeners or uh, as it relates to this subject matter. You can email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J. T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com. That is how you can reach us tonight. And we're always so very glad to have you on the airway because of the fact someone needs an opportunity. They need a place they can reach out. They need to feel safe. They need to know that they're in a good place and in good company. That is what this is all about. Just about providing that platform, providing that place, where someone can begin the healing process, that they're not being judged, but they're being protected, they're being heard, they're being listened to. That is what this is all about. Area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us today. There's so much that is happening around us. The impact of education, on education, the level of education, all of those things are directly affected by what kids grow up with, what they see, what they're exposed to. Have you ever thought about this? Here's the, here's the part that makes it so incredibly frightening. Because we often talk about children live what they learn. Well, let me say something to you. Have you ever thought about now we're dealing with the children? Well, have you ever thought about what was their parents like? What did their parents also go through? Once again, not meant to give a license, but what it is meant to do is to look at the fact of what happens to these children. Let's look at the fact of what goes on. The next generation is oftentimes plagued by the same identical cycle. We must do the thing. 
You know, it's interesting. There's a responsibility, and even from a biblical faith point, standpoint of view, in Psalms 127 and 3 and 5 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the wound is a reward, and like arrows are in the hands are of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And then even more so, watch this one. This is one that we use oftentimes. It works for us when we want to bring correction. Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. But think about it. That word train does not mean Amtrak. It does not mean high-speed rail. That word train there means to show by example. And let me tell you, whether we are intentionally or not intentionally, we're always being an example. We're training them because we need to understand that these things are affecting our children in a way like they've never seen before. And as a result of it, what is happening with our children, their, their, their way, their, their inability to handle it. They're, they're, they're sounding off. They're doing things like they've never done before. So you see these type things happening, even inside of their social interaction where they're isolated from friends and relatives. Uh, they are prone to be in stormy relationship, difficult and trusting people, especially adults, as a result of what they've seen. Very poor anger management and problem-solving skill. One of the, I call it the cesspool of our day, is that so many times when you go to court and listen, it's like the judge is ordering anger management for everyone. Is anger management is happening because there's so much of that we're seeing pouring of management and problem solving skills that children are displaying. But you got to understand where is it coming from? Are they not also witnessing poor anger management and problem solving skill? They're not seeing people come to the table having a negotiation, discussing things. They're seeing where power and control, manipulation, profanity, threats—those are the things that get results. So this is what they internalize. Then we see on the other end where you have kids that have excessive social involvement to avoid home. They don't want to go home. They don't want to go home because they know that home represents a place of pain. Home represents a place of fear. Home represents a place of guilt, and they don't want to go home. So we see children being affected in so many ways. The dynamics of this socially, the passivity with peers are bullying. That is what happened, one or the other. They become engaged in, in exploitable relationships as a perpetrator or a victim. So we have to understand that what they see, they're impacted by. What they see, they're impacted by. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you can reach us here. Area code 323-784-9638. If you desire, uh, you have a question or comment and you desire uh, to ask a question, simply if you're calling in tonight, simply hit the number one on your keypad. As you hit the number one on your keypad, that lets our producer know that you have a question and a comment or you want to come on the air, and we'll get you on the air tonight. This is so very vitally important tonight as we are discussing this subject matter. Now, very seldom do we have a show that we have not one caller. There are plenty of people listening. That is not even the case. It is the fact of the callers uh, tonight. We invite your opinion inside of this, uh, Eric code 323 uh, nine six three eight, and that's so very important. Uh, we do have a caller that desires to have a question or comment. Uh, caller number ended in six nine six two six nine six two. Good afternoon, good evening, should I say, and welcome to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, we're going to get you on the air in just one second here. I'm understanding that even now they're trying to get you up uh, on the air, but we're so good, very glad. Welcome to Hope and Healing. You're on the air tonight. Um, good evening, Pastor Sicklin. I've I've just been enjoying the um 
the um, the show so far. And um, my comment is this: you know, I, I do work in Head Start, and um, over the years that I have seen a lot of hurting children, you know, unfortunately. And um, one incident that happened to me with a child, he was angry to the point where he used to throw toys. Um, he was basically an endangerment to himself and the, my, myself and, and other children. And wow. um Yeah. And the sad thing was was that I was looked upon as the bad teacher because I didn't know how to control him. So what they did was, you know, bounce him around from classroom to classroom. Well, he acted out the same way in each classroom. Wow. So it couldn't have been me. <laughs> Absolutely. And um yeah. So so that was one of my experiences and it it's been it was a tough period for me to the point where I was just like, Okay, well maybe I need to ask for a transfer, you know, to another so it it got that bad because I was I was feeling as though you know, it's my fault that this child is acting the way he is. And really and truly, when we dug a little deeper into the history, he was being bounced around from every household. So, wow. You know. So this kid in many ways <laughs> so felt rejected. from the So So would you say mm-hmm. this kid definitely had some trust issues, would you say? Yes, yes. Yep. And, I, and I had um. And I and I would go over the, and beyond the calls of duty to you know just to try to love him and you know be there for and he was just four years old, okay. Wow. You know because head head start is from zero to five, so he was like four four and a half going on five and he was just angry, you know he wow. was very angry. You know, and oftentimes and, I think that we don't recognize the fact of the level of anger that kids can have, and they develop for so many reasons. You know, they may be small, but that doesn't mean that they're not sensitive mm-hmm. to what's happening around them. Uh, you describe the kid being bounced from place to place, going from place to place. Pretty soon they feel a sense of uh, a sense of not being wanted. And so that sense mm-hmm. of not being wanted also brings about a sense of not trusting because I don't know when I'm getting ready to be shipped off to someone else. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't know. And so many times they they do they do equate that with either love or not being loved. And so you know, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, there are not enough people like you that was willing to go that extra step of the way. And uh, and that's mm-hmm. why I think that we have to invest in more and more. Oftentimes, this angry child does go unnoticed. They, excuse me. They go unnoticed throughout uh, their lifetime and throughout their early childhood, and often, and oftentimes, when do they get noticed? When they act out. Yeah. They get noticed when they act out, and a lot of times they don't get noticed until they've committed a very serious offense. But it's so important that people like yourself reach out, like you did. And it's so important that we uh, that we all, if we're going to deal with children, that we're willing to go that extra step of the way. I mean, I really appreciate I really appreciate your comment. I really appreciate the fact of what you shared today because we see it happening. There's nothing worse than seeing an angry child. I'm not just saying a pouting child, an angry child. Mm-hmm. Did you have another comment? I know that you have a, a, a world of experience inside of that, <laughs> dealing with children each and every yes. day. <laughs> yes, I do. And um, just basically... Um, I think for for me and from my experience is to just be that voice 
you know, um, not be uh, ashamed of saying, okay, well, this child needs help. How can we help him? How Because something's going on. You know, there's a case going, well, there's an incident going on on my job right now where there's a child that's acting out um, sexually. So Mm -hmm. there might be some other issues going on. So, you know, but they always want to look at the teacher as though, you know, that they're the ones that's the the ones, so to speak, even though they're, they're, they're the instructors and everything like that, but they feel like, okay, well, why didn't you come to us sooner or this and that and the other? But, you know, basically the school year has just started, so we couldn't really document nothing until, you know, Absolutely. this point. Well, we yeah. generally try to look for patterns. We generally try to look to see if we're seeing a pattern being formed. And therefore, we, you know, we make a we we have an informed decision. And yet, still, I, I, my my question to you, and this will be good mm-hmm. for someone else, is the fact: even after you have observed those type things with a child, at what point, or do you reach out to the parent and say, "Listen, I, I you know I notice that uh, you know I, I notice that Jimmy continues to act this way. Is everything all right? Do we act? Is everything all right at home? Or you know, uh, how long have they been this way? Or, or do we do we feel comfortable going that way? Or is there some standard set of questions that are to be asked? Well, for me, I've had to, you know, face some of those things. And because and, um, a lot of times they want us to call, you know, DCF. That's, that's like, that's what they tell us to do before we even, you know, um, call the parents in. But to me personally, I think, you know, before it has to get to that point, can we sit down and say, okay, this is what we're noticing, you know, you need to be able to help us. And sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes parents are in denial too. And they can act as though, you know, they don't see nothing that's going on, but something something is going on because this, this, this didn't happen overnight, you know. And, and that's the sad thing. You know, and, and, it that, is. and, and I face and I face that on a daily basis. A lot of times, working in um in Head Start. Well, let me ask you this because you said something that's so important. I know that it's almost uh, definitely universal. And I do know it's universal in the state of Florida. You know, where we have what we call mandatory report and all that. And I understand that right. is meant to protect the child and all those things there. But how much of it do you think is a distraction or a real problem when we do not involve the parents? I mean, from the onset. I mean. Uh, uh, I mean, could that be the reason why some parents are not forthright in coming forth? You know, uh, what about the parent who actually may be victimized themselves? And they desire, they desire. I mean, they really need help, but who's there to help them? Who's there to make a difference? And I think that is so extremely important uh, because children are there to make it. Children need that type of help, and if we don't reach out to them, you know what happens? They often fall through the crack. But when we also intimidate the parents to the point where they don't want to come forth, then how will they get an answer? How will they get help? And so that that's something that's right. so important. You know, you know, do you display things there? Do you display things, uh, uh, you know, around there? Do you tell them where help can be found? Um, you know? Yes, they. Through, you know, through our family service specialists, they try to you know give them as much. Um, I guess community outreach programs as possible to in in order to seek the help, but it, they still leave it up to the parent to say, okay, well, I notice this problem, I need some help, 
and you know, but still, some of them are still in denial and they won't seek it, and it's it's sad. Wow. Well, I you know, and then the work you do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, definitely keep up the good work there, and you know that it is a very big of a stretch sometimes because the fact, you know, you want to help the whole family. You want to help the child. And so many times, and I know in cases where there may be a parent who may be a victim of violence, domestic violence, she may be afraid, may not know what to do, may not know where to go, and yet still she's afraid to open up to you guys because of, she's afraid of those three letters, DCF, you know. You know, so, yeah. so the fear of that. So we've got to find a medium uh, there to make a difference yeah. inside out of that, and I, I so appreciate you because you're one of those that are making a difference, and I, I continue the good work, and I look forward to getting with the Head Start system again to do some, yes. hopefully in the near future, some trainings as I did many years ago uh, so that we can help uh, empower some families and help connect so that we may ultimately protect children. Thank you so very much yeah. for being with us. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Right. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. I'm so very glad that you've called. We have another caller that's on the a line, and you're holding area codes. Well, not area code. The last four numbers is 6995, and I am so glad to have caller. You're on the air. Welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, good evening, uh, Pastor. This is uh, Dr. Johnny Wright II. In uh, Baltimore, Maryland, I just wanted to call to really commend you uh, for uh, providing a vehicle for people to share information and to talk about uh, the topic of domestic violence and healing. As particularly uh, the topic tonight uh, is, is really noteworthy in regards to children and youth and really being able to understand the context of some of the challenges they may face and how that can, you know, transfer into their relationships and their outcomes when they become an adult. But I really just wanted to, you know, acknowledge your, your, your work, uh, your tireless commitment, and taking the time out to provide a vehicle for others that can be very helpful. Well, first of all, let me say thank you for being on the air with me. Uh, I'm honored to have you on, and I'm honored because I'm inspired by individuals such as yourself that have dedicated so much of your life to not only this issue of domestic violence, but uh, the issue of the impact of fatherlessness and really, you know, bringing a light and shedding a light to us all of the importance of our involvement, the importance of our awareness because we never live unto ourselves. Everything that we do impacts someone else. And unfortunately, as adults and as parents, whatever we do impacts our children. It impacts the youth of America. I mean, no doubt about it. And the reality is, is whatever we do, and even Sally, whatever it is that we don't do, uh, impacts our children. So I'm honored to have you on the air with us. And we, we've got to set a date. I have to have you to be on as a special guest and because I think there's so much, so much that we must continue to raise awareness on. And we have to almost, you know, America needs a campaign, and that's to revitalize the family, to revitalize uh, our responsibility. Because uh, there's an Ashante proverb that says this, says the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. And so, truly, in its own way, if I may use the vernacular, that America needs a revival in the family. We need a revival because I'm not so much worried about terrorists. I'm not worried about the people from the outside uh, being the destruction to America. I'm more concerned about what happens in the inside of America 
that is self-destructive. So I, I definitely so appreciate your comment and your call there. And uh, I know that you got some great things, so we got to get together because there's so much that you have to share with us, and I'm I'm honored. And I'm honored, and I'm going to do all I can because I need to get you in South Florida because there are some valuable things that you've been given, that uh, that you have been gifted with, that you have researched and that you've been a part of. And I just think that we need to share it, and it needs to be shared. And uh, I'm, I'm just honored to have you on. Well, I, I definitely um, look forward to, uh, you know, being a, a, a humble guest on on your show and, you know, having that dialogue, particularly as it relates to uh, fatherlessness uh, and how that impacts our communities. I remember, you know, several years ago starting out as a, as a professional, and I worked as an addictions counselor in a correctional facility in Maryland. And as I worked with primarily um, men of color, uh, these were African-American men who, and some uh, men who were white and Asian and uh, of other uh, ethnic uh, and social uh, economic backgrounds, I established a very good working relationship with them, got to build trust, uh, and, and many of those men were planning on transitioning back out into the community within the next 6 to 12 months. And as I was working with each of those men, you know, I would start to identify with them as it relates to common themes around uh, children and family and, and what we all hope for our children in the future. And it one day it just struck me that many of those men that I was working with and, and other men that I weren't working with who were in the prison, uh, you know, they were absent from their families. And so there were funerals that were being missed because men were incarcerated. There were children that were in need and impacted because uh, their dads were incarcerated and they couldn't provide the kind of support that they needed emotionally or economically. And I saw the frustration of those dads who many times had followed in some of the footsteps of their own father if they knew their own father and uh, had made some mistakes that um, really um, – made it hard for them to be able to uh, step up and be to reach up to, to manhood in a way uh, that would lead to a healthy uh, and strong family. And so, you know, I from that experience, you know, I really, you know, was motivated to dedicate my life uh, as well as some other personal experiences that you're aware of that, that I hope to share in the future when we have more time. But that experience was one in which, while I saw the potential in those men, I also recognized that for each man that I saw that was a father that was incarcerated, there was a family that was suffering or that was not um, having that – fomenting or developing that relationship with that dad. And so, you know, I'm excited about um, the, the work and continuing to fight the good fight to get those dads involved, those who may understand how important it is, and even reaching out to those that don't. And I believe that your airwaves are a way to be able to to touch other individuals. And I believe that, you know, your, your, your faith perspective uh, is so crucial because there are times that even the most practical of guidance uh, isn't enough. And so, you know, again, I just want to applaud you for your work, and I look forward to um, coming back on so we can have a dialogue. 
Well, I definitely appreciate you. Uh, thank you. Uh, call or call in Dr. Johnny Rice a second, and absolutely we're looking to have him on as a guest, and, and, we'll, and we'll schedule that real soon so that we definitely can have the listeners there. But but you said one thing, and I just want to piggyback on that because you said something that was so important. You talked about the experience of, of many of those men that were, in, that were incarcerated who missed funerals, that missed very special events in the life of family members in in the, in, in the level of frustration and the deep, really a deep pit of fault that they go into is, is, is excruciating. Yeah. And uh, most recently I was talking, and most recently, uh, uh, which this audience know, uh, that uh, I've lost, I, I lost my mother back in July. And uh, it was interesting because uh, I had two nephews, actually three nephews, that were unable to attend the funeral because they were all incarcerated. And yet and still, I knew how important my mother was to them. Well, as I'm you know, thinking about this in the midst of my grief, my younger brother reminded me that, remember, that he himself was incarcerated when my grandmother passed. And what he said to me that was so incredible, he said, you know, he said, believe it or not, this here will have a profound impact on them because of the mm-hmm. fact here is the time that face-to-face they come face to face to to not only the crime they committed, but they also come face to face to the reality of that separation and the isolation and, and 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 that desire to be back connected to that family, to that community, and they're unable yeah. to. And so uh, you reminded me of that inside of your comment, and I'm and I'm absolutely looking forward to our time together as we will be scheduling that real soon. Thank you so very yeah. much for being with us on the night. Thank you, brother, and be blessed. Okay, thank you. Hope and healing a journey to wholeness. I'm so very glad that you're listening to us. We're in our final few minutes of the show tonight. We're so glad for all of our callers that have called in. Uh, uh, thank you, special thank you to Dr. Johnny Rice II, who has called us out of the Baltimore, Maryland area, doing a tremendous work uh, that you've got to hear about. And uh, I'm looking forward to having him on real soon. And I think it's going to bless so many. And and and, and before. We have that show. I promise you I'm going to make sure that we'll do the amount of advertisement because we want men. We want a lot of men, your brothers, your uncles, your nephews, your neighbors. We want them to be a part of that show tonight. I'm so glad to have a Gloria. You uh, always have such good things to contribute when you call in, and I'm so very glad to have you be a part of that. Now, tonight, as we get ready to sign off the airway in just a few minutes, I want you to do something, and this is your homework assignment. I want you to promise that you will be more aware of children, of their reaction, of their behavior, of their mannerisms, because in many ways they are the ones that are forgotten. How will they go except we guide them? How will they grow except we nurture them? How will they strive unless we are willing to show them? We have a fundamental responsibility. Every child is your child. Just as the whole world is a classroom, and everyone is your teacher. We have a responsibility to one another, and we have a responsibility to our children. Because they do learn what they live, and they do live what they learn. We've got to be the glue that holds it together. We've got to be willing to stand in the gap. We need to understand that they're impacted. It doesn't just go away. It doesn't just disappear. Their lives have been impacted day by day. And they're impacted by our silence. 
They're impacted by our actions. They're impacted when we refuse to say anything. They're impacted when we walk away. They're impacted when we decide to stay. They're impacted in every way. So we have an incredible responsibility, folks, incredible responsibility to one another, incredible responsibility to our children, because our children are our most precious commodity. we got to stop the bullying. I said earlier, bullying is the act of repeated aggressive behavior in order to intentionally hurt another person physically or mentally. We see it. Or we see them using superior strength or influence to intimidate someone, typically to force that person to do what they want them to do, not what that person want to do. It's unwanted aggressive behavior amongst school-aged children. Bullying isn't cool, and we have to make sure that message out, that bullying isn't cool, and we have to stop the bullying, and we must do so. But, you know, the number one place we must start in stopping the bullying is in our homes. For I repeat, as I repeated, as I said a few minutes ago, that the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. It's my challenge to you today to be willing to go further than what you've gone. It's my challenge to you today to be willing to stand up and to speak out against this type of abuse. Someone today, you have a decision to make, and that decision is what am I going to do to take my kids out of harm's way? What am I going to do to be an ear to some child who has been affected? What am I willing to do? And if you're willing to do that, then I tell you, you can make a difference. Listen, our time is gone. If you'd like to write us, you can simply email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's how you can reach us. Join us once again, our Facebook page, Domestic Violence, It Is Your Business, or join us at the Destiny by Choice Fellowship page on Facebook or simply Jay Ficklin on Facebook. We'd love to have you. And until next time, this is J.R. Ficklin saying, listen, you have a voice. Let that voice be heard. Refuse to remain silent because silence only perpetuates the violence. And if you're willing to speak up and speak out, then you'll save a life. You'll make a difference. You'll make a way. And some child will be better as a result of your obedience. And until next time, this is J.R. Thicklin, and I'm saying thank you for joining us tonight on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Remember, each and every one of our broadcasts can be heard again. You can go back to www.soulofamericaradio.com and listen back to any broadcast that you may have missed. Share it with a friend. Share it with a neighbor, because this is about hope and healing. It's a journey to wholeness. Until next week. I bid you
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.